hard to believe, really, but we're getting towards the end of the year and you might be starting to relax a bit, but there's no rest for economists watching every bit of data that might just prod the Reserve Bank into yet another interest rate rise. Yes, we're talking about that prospect again this morning. And later this morning, we'll get an official update on employment and maybe an indication on whether the economy is slowing from 13 rate rises since May last year. We're joined this morning by the ABC's senior business correspondent, Peter Ryan, who never takes the eye off the ball when it comes to these regular economic updates. And that's why we love you, Peter. What are you expecting today? Oh, well, thank you, Tom. Uh, Good morning. Um, All these uh, monthly readings, as you mentioned, are very closely watched, but maybe especially this one, given the still very tight labour market, which seems to be still resilient despite those 13 rate rises um, over the last 18 months or so. But could October October or the October reading be a turning point. Economists are seeing the jobless rate ticking up to 3.7% from 3.6% in in September, still historically low, but still 20,000 new jobs created. Now, could that be a sign for the Reserve Bank that these rate rises are actually starting to slow the labour market, take some steam out of the economy and lay the groundwork for the jobless rate gradually ticking higher. Now, that doesn't sound all that great, does it? But a lot Mm. was made of comments by the Reserve Bank Governor Michelle Bullock a few months ago before she started up in the big job that the jobless rate probably needed to get up to around 4.5%. But the important context here is that Miss Bullock and her predecessor, Philip Lowe, see this narrow path we're often talking about, and that's getting the jobless rate just a bit higher to tame inflation, but preserving the massive job gains we've had in recent years, especially during the pandemic, and keeping people in work, especially these households that really do rely on having two incomes to pay the mortgage. sense of irony here, right? Because on the other hand, we've seen wages hit a record high, according to that update out yesterday. But is that a problem in terms of the economy not slowing fast enough? Well, these numbers out yesterday, they were widely expected by economists. The wage price index up 1.3% in the third quarter of this year. That's actually the biggest quarterly rise in 26 years, though your pay packet might not really be feeling it, making 4% over the 12 months. That's up from 3.6%. But the fastest annual growth since early 2009. Now, we have a few factors here that might make this a bit of a one-off. Competition among employers is pushing wages higher. We already knew that. But much of this was from the Fair Work Commission's minimum wage rise of 5.75% earlier this year. There was also a one-off 15% wage rise for about 250,000 workers in the aged care sector, and everyone supports that. And also, some pay rise caps in the public sector introduced during the pandemic were also removed. So wages in that area going up. But with annual rate wages up 4%, this is still well below consumer inflation running at 5.4%. So you don't need a reminder, but your wages aren't keeping up with inflation. And so there's an effective pay cut. Mm. But Could this be the feared wage price spiral that a lot of economists are are talking about or worrying about where wage demands chase inflation? Maybe not just yet, 
but it will be something the Reserve Bank will be keeping a close eye on. But this morning, Tom, there's just a 4% chance of a rate rise in December and attention's turning towards February. Okay, as we've seen, that can change very quickly though, can't it? And there's also the question of how much more households can stand with all of this, Peter. Not just higher mortgages, higher rents as well. What are younger Australians doing with their budgets? So on the one hand, you have people who might be established borrowers and have mortgages, but then you've got people who are renting, who can't afford to get into the housing market. Uh, A lot of these are young people. The National Australia Bank uh, has some interesting data out this morning. What young Australians or Generation Z are doing? This is people born between 1996 and 2010. The NAB's found that four in 10 Gen Zs have cancelled a TV streaming service in the last three months to save a bit of money. Money. That's you know your Netflix, Stan, Disney, Paramount. A lot of households, including mine, probably have more than just one. Gen Zs are sa- saving about nine hundred dollars a year by cutting back on subscriptions. Now they might be cutting back on streaming, but they're still subscribing to newspapers, news sites, magazines, and audiobooks, and perhaps most importantly, paid dating apps. So getting their priorities in order. Now, I'm probably sounding a bit old now. but You it, are a bit. It, it, it did seem a bit easier back when you went to a party or a dinner party or maybe, or, or maybe got set up. Um, but I guess nothing really changes even with a dating app. It's always good to have an exit strategy, isn't it? I wasn't expecting that. I couldn't agree more. Yes, times have changed. Uh, Peter, thank you very, thank you very much Thanks, for joining Tom. us. That's the ABC Senior Business Correspondent, Peter Ryan.